Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Uh, I am back. I'm back home. Uh, it's been the last two weeks in the Great White North, up uh, roundabout Petoskey, Michigan. Very cold. Uh, a lot of snow. And I'm back. Uh, I went from being in a place where it's a very small population, almost all wealthy, white, um, 6,000 people, 6,000 person town. Um, <clears throat> everyone's, everyone's white. Everyone speaks English. Uh, I saw one black person in two weeks the whole time I was there uh, at this big like outdoor uh, holiday festival thing where they close off the streets to cars. People can walk around and get fucking shit face drunk from every every like ritzy, bougie store that's open. We just have a line out the door for like free alcohol. Uh, a lot of fun. I mean, it's fun. It's, it is fun. Um, they have some nice shops up there, but damn, it's like, it's a lot of fucking money. And then to go from there back to, to my neighborhood, I drove like another seven and a half hours today where it's nothing but Latino people speaking Spanish. <laughs> it's just such a, like, how can these two places exist within in the same know, country, you know, within 800 miles of each other conceivably. So yeah, my, my mom is, um, <clears throat> Uh, newly a widow. My stepfather passed away a couple of weeks ago. I haven't mentioned on the show yet, um, but I was up there for two weeks kind of helping her transition into uh, a very different life now that um, he has uh, lost his battle with leukemia. Uh, it's a hell of a cancer, but um, yeah, so she she texted me a, a, a picture tonight. She went to a party, uh, Emmett County Democrats party. Um, holiday party, uh, which she claims is like not just a bunch of establishment liberals. That there's like actually it's like, like closet communists up there, but you know we'll we'll see. Anyway, Sounds she's familiar. In, yeah, <laughs> I think she's trying just trying to like appeal to me. You know, now that she knows, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's this this whole thing. So she she sends me this picture of these buttons she got tonight, and I'm you know I'm I'm kind of a connoisseur of political campaign buttons and I was uh, less than impressed. Uh first one, I'm the liberal pro-choice outspoken feminist you were warned about. Yeah, not not the edgiest there. Uh next one, impeach. Just says impeach on it. That's it. Just impeach. Okay. You know, that was okay. Uh OMG GOP WTF. That's um Okay, and yep. uh, the last one, uh, nasty women vote. Yep, that's Just, it. Uh, so a great, uh, great collection of buttons that were probably minted back in the year uh, two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen, somewhere around there. Uh, I asked her if there was any campaign buttons for actual candidates running, like say Bernie Sanders. Uh, she said, "Yeah, yeah, you know, they they, they had those." And I, I said, "Did you did you get any of them?" No, 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 I didn't. Like, okay, all right, well, just so you know, Mom, these are like the four most boomer-ass buttons you could have picked up, so way to fucking stick it to this fucking fascist. Uh, Got to go easy on her a little bit. She, I know, and, and, I, and I, 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 like, basically swore off trying to talk about politics with her, you know, after her husband just fucking died two weeks ago. Uh, and, you know, obviously, like, while I'm there, it's a little bit easier to converse about that kind of stuff, kind of back and forth and everything. And, and she definitely committed a lot of things that she had never before, like admitted essentially that, you know, really there's only one person fighting for Medicare for all. And it's Bernie Sanders. Right. Um, and but you she know, still that, doesn't support him. Yeah. You know, it's, it's still kind of one of those things where there's been such, uh, you know, 
I'm tired, so I'm going to say the word wrong, but uh, obfuscation. Obfuscation. Yeah, yeah. where just, conf- well, I mean, if Bernie and, and Warren are the same, why not just pick a woman? You know, it's like, because, you know, they, they know full well that's not true, and that's why they're doing it. They're trying to stick that wedge in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I just I just keep keep feeding the facts, you know. Bernie's got, uh, he's number one in Cali, he's number one in... Iowa, New Hampshire. And I would show her these headlines, you know, where it's like uh, this one of these ridiculous headlines like uh, the Bernie, Bernie blackout headlines. Yeah. Bernie loses third place slot to Pete Booty Jed. Jed, Judge. <laughs> Bernie loses third place slot. I wonder where he's that was at a literal now. headline. <laughs> yeah, literal headline. And my mom's like, I, I don't understand the headline. I'm like, you're not supposed to. It's supposed to just make you think that Bernie is falling behind Booty Judge when in fact he's in first fucking place. Right. And she's like, why would they do that? I'm like, mom, come on. <laughs> like she, she doesn't understand why corporate media would be against somebody who has a really good shot at beating Trump. She thinks yeah. that like we're all in this together and Warren and Bernie are both really good and that the entire liberal establishment is like rallying around them. Right. Cause she hasn't been paying attention to the news for the last year. Cause she's dealing with my stepfather dying of cancer. Right. So I'm, I'm just like, mom, this and she is- wouldn't get the right info if she was paying attention to the news anyway. They'd be misleading right. her anyway. Yeah, exactly. She watches nothing but MSNBC. And I try to help her out with, you know, kind of like uh, being the interpreter for some of that shit. Um, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm only there so much. But yeah, but the voice and, in the TV and, says one thing and you're, and you're just some guy right. saying another thing. So, well, I, I'd like to think that media analysis is something that um, I'm good at uh, that a lot of people on the left are good at. I, I'm going to credit her for reading to me at a young age and making sure that I was literate, but also cognizant of what I was reading, you know, and, and, and looking beyond, you know, what's, what's in between the words to know what's really being said, uh, you know, whether it's the news or, uh, you know, political satire or just totally fiction. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're clearly in a space now where they will do anything to destroy Bernie and looking at the results of the UK election and the, the things that the smears that Jerry, uh, Jeremy Corbyn uh, endured to try to take him down when he's doing everything possible to save the fucking world, at least his corner of it. Uh, you know, if, if it works there, they're going to try the same shit on Bernie. You know, they, they would, yeah. they, they still tr- will call Bernie an anti-Semite. This fucking, this fucking piece of shit, uh, woman used to write speeches for the state department. They just wrote this, this thing for, um, uh, the federalist saying, you know, is Bernie unaware that he's completely an anti-Semite or does he know and not care? <laughs> Unbelievable. Like unfucking real. Yeah. It's state department, <laughs> state department speech writer. And we joke like, oh, well, at least he's Jewish, so they can't smear him with the anti-Semitic bullshit that they did with Corbin. But it's like, oh, no, they'll do it anyway. doesn't matter. Yeah. He's not a real Jew. He's nope. a secular Jew. He's the wrong you know, kind he's of a, Jew. He's, he's the a one self-hating Jew. Uh, you yeah, know, wants whatever. to give money to poor people. Take yeah. it away from the rich who earned it. These are the people who really care about Jewish interests. They're not at all aligned with Nazis who would, you know, just as easily, you know, see another six million Jews killed if they had their way. That's not at all who they're aligned with. Don't worry about it, guys. It'll be fine. Yeah, <sighs> it's just preposterous. But before we get to the UK election, I actually had a quick, funny uh, <clears throat> personal banking story that I wanted to tell you about. Um, so uh, I st- so I still get my my paycheck direct, uh, direct deposit. I, I bank in two places. I have a, like one regular bank and then my paycheck gets deposited through Chase because that's, you know, like where my work has it set up with, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so... You know, I 
I, I, there are times where I have to kind of like ride the lightning, so to speak, where it's like, well, you know, I have, you know, like 20 bucks left until payday in the account. And like, don't spend, I'm sure a lot of people listening to the podcast have had that where you're like, all right, well, I know that I'm, I'm not going to spend any money between now and then, uh, it'll be fine. Just, you know, I, I can move money around if I have to, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, just to avoid that kind of overdraft, you know, bullshit that they hit you with. So I was pretty close to the limit. Right. Um, and I happened to be up super late the other night on Thursday night um, at like two o'clock, which is when my direct deposit actually hits my account, you know, from 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 the from Chase or from the my, my employer. Um, and so, you know, that whatever it was left in there it was like two dollars left in there or whatever um, turned into, you know, my paycheck. So my full paycheck was in there. So it's like, oh, all right, great. So I started, you know transferring money around paying bills whatever because i was up still um the next day i go to check the account and it's 70 dollars short and i look at the charges <laughs> not not like not like negative 70 but it's like 70 less than there should have been in there so i was like what the fuck is this so i go and look through the charges and uh they they hit me for two 35 dollar overdraft penalties for a 10 dollar automatic charge for uh for I think for SoundCloud or something, and then like a two dollar uh, like iTunes or whatever chart, like some like two recurring charges, right? Um, and they literally weren't on there the night before because I literally was up at two a.m. when my paycheck hit, so there was never a time where my account dipped below. But they strategically arranged this somehow to retroactively hit my account after they. Uh, like it was just total marketing bolt like or, uh, accounting bullshit to, to hit me with two late draft fees. Um, and I, so I go into, so I work actually next to a chase. So like I go into the branch to talk to a guy there and be like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, uh, you know, I did. And, and he's like, Oh, all right, well, let's take a look. He's like, Oh, well, you've never had overdraft fees before. Let me take a look here. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, so, you know, you had two recurring charges hit, uh, you know, at uh 10 PM and 11. I was like, uh, well, no, because, as you can see, I transferred money at two a at two a.m. Uh, and obviously, if there was a negative in the account, I would have transferred money into that account. You can see there's money in this other account. He goes, "Oh yeah, well, uh, I don't know, but uh, it's saying it was." Ju-. And I was like, "All right, well, dude, obviously, I'm not like like I would have transferred money in if I if there was a negative in the account. This is some bullshit. Like, you know, like I didn't say that, but like this is clearly." an error he's like well okay just you know make sure you have a buffer in those accounts because like uh you know sometimes blah blah blah. and he'd like start giving me this like financial lecture and and i just want to be like all right listen motherfucker like i i I was i really took a lot but then the funniest thing is i looked out of the corner of my eye because he had like a book on his desk and it was like propped up on the desk you know like kind of outward facing almost like it was his book and i look Mm. And it's Michael Bloomberg's biography. And I was just like, this could not be a better <laughs> metaphor oh, for the fucking shitheads that, shit. that we're dealing so, with. But, but so basically is that you have to opt in to overdraft fees, that they're automatically banned now unless they get you to sign up to allow them for whatever reason. I got to look into that because I don't know that I've ever yeah, opted in should, or out of that. that. Was, that was a thing that like it was about I want to say about eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. They passed a law that said like overdraft fees are illegal unless you tell your bank you don't want overdraft protection in order for them to, you know, uh, 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 save you with the embarrassment of your card being declined. 
which they will mm. try to get you to sign up to, to have that happen. And I, I basically said, no, 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 no. I know that overdraft fees are now illegal unless you get me to opt into them. There's no fucking way. If the money's not there, I want my card to be declined. I'm not going to let yeah. you fucking charge me an extra $35 that I even know in it, right? Um, I mean, the other obvious th- solution is just get a fucking credit card. You don't have to worry about the shit, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's obviously money you don't have at the moment, but you know, that, that's but, but, but but the thing that makes uh, me nuts is like I had money in the other account and I it, it was a right. matter of like if, if it was negative, I would transfer it. So they're clearly and I'm sure I'm not the only one they're doing this to selectively making things hit at an opportune time in order to fucking steal people's money because, right, you know, right, right. No, nothing nothing's, uh, makes less sense than taking thirty five dollars a transaction from people who have zero dollars in their bank account. It's the stupidest fucking oh, thing I, I've ever I had a nightmare where I was working for a restaurant. This is a long-ass fucking time ago. Uh, and uh, they were the restaurant was going under. You know, most businesses don't make it through the first two years. Restaurants especially, right? Like a yeah, small. Very hard. Uh, and they were just, they were like drinking away the money. You know, as soon as they closed up shop, it was like all their friends came over and just fucking drank for free. And it's like, all right, well, you just wasted $500 in free booze and we only made $400 today in profit. Now we're going out of business. So uh, they were like, they owed the payroll company and they weren't paying the payroll company. So somehow the payroll company reversed the charges on my direct deposit and my paycheck that was in my account got removed from my account (laughs) without any notification to me. So I was spending like it was just fucking, Oh, coffee here, a fucking thing there. And it was about 12 different transactions $35 uh, uh, charge each on those. And I went to my bank furious saying, what the fuck did you, you're supposed to protect my money and you didn't protect my fucking money. You let someone steal my money who should not have been able to. And now you need to negate all these, all these um, overdraft fees. And of course they didn't all come in at once. They came in like a little bit at a time. So then it was like trying to piece together a timeline of like when it was I did, I was supposed to have that money in there and when those fees hit. And finally, I was just like, I'm, you know, I I obviously never did direct deposit again. I got the, I would get a check from that employer and I would go to the bank and I would say, give me cash for it. They give me cash. Mm. I'm like, all right, now I'm going to deposit this cash for it so that they couldn't fucking do that shit to me again. But still, I had never been so furious at a bank before. I was, I was like, I'm gonna drive my fucking, I'm gonna back my car through the wall here, and then take a shit on the floor, and then drive away. And that's what I'm gonna do. Uh, <laughs> I was furious. Uh, did so did I, you actually get that paycheck back, or that? No, did you never no. Get? They they canceled out about half the overdraft fees, and after that, they were like, "You got to take it up with your employer." I'm like, my employer is having it taken up with them by the payroll company. I'm taking it up with you because you're my fucking bank. And I think that was the last time I ever went through a bank not a credit union ever again. Yeah, no, they're 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 fucking leeches, uh, of course. Um, well, yeah. So speaking of leeches, uh, we should talk about the UK election because uh, <laughs> I'm not- Robin Leach. Welcome to <laughs> Lifestyles of the Rich. If it- no, I, I was <laughs> I was at my mom's house, like suffering through like nothing but shitty cable television. Uh, and like the best thing that was on in two weeks was Wolf of Wall Street. And there's that clip when he gets to the fucking yacht, you know, and it's Robin, <laughs> yeah. Robin Leach. It's just like the, talking about the yacht. It's, yeah, it's just that, that 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 his voice is etched into my brain from growing up in the 80s. Yeah, no, it's it's brutal. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, well, yeah. And 
the, the situation going on in the UK right now is, is, is really troubling. Um, so, you know, they had their general election today um, because of their parliamentary system. You don't vote on an individual. You vote on, you know, specific seats and whichever house has the majority that or which, whichever party has a majority, they, they are the ones who govern and that the leader of that party becomes prime minister. So, um, uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it really looked, it, it felt like a lot of the early polling looked pretty good for Corbin. Um, and the exit polls from today are very not promising. Uh, I think they predicted a 68 seat, uh, or 86 seat rather, excuse me, uh, Tory majority, uh, which is fucking stunning. And I mean, I, I think that that's a high number. I think it'll probably be that that seems like an outsized number it'll probably be closer to 40 i mean the, the exit polls are just you know like any other poll they're a sampling of you know 10 to twenty thousand people they're not it's not literally everyone that leaves the the polling booth gets you know asked who they voted for but it it's you know it's usually fairly indicative of how something's gonna go uh so you know it, it's it's it fucking sucks um i don't know what happened but i mean obviously you can look at um, the absolutely disgusting fucking smear job that the UK media has done, uh, you know, it hand in hand with American liberals like Nira fucking Tandon, uh, to smear Jeremy Corbyn as an anti-Semite for having the audacity to think that, uh, Palestinians have human rights and maybe, uh, should get the land back that was stolen from them, uh, and, and is currently being occupied by a, uh, bloodthirsty militaristic occupying army. Um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, maybe that had something to do with it. But it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate. I don't really, I don't really know what else. It fucking blows. Like, no, this yeah, shit happens. It, it, it does, especially when it's it's like you know, Corbyn's done more to resurrect the Labor Party uh, to really give a shit about labor uh, and, and swelled their ranks after Theresa May shit the bed a couple of years ago, thinking that she was going to increase the the conservative majority uh, and didn't. Um, which she should have, re- she should have had to resign for that. She should have just like had to resign and then fucking Corbin should have, you know, just become a Tory and then would have been, no, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, I don't even really know how it works half the time anyway. I just know that, you know, well, somebody puts on a, a sorting in, hat and then I think <laughs> yeah. that's, there's some, some weird antiquated shit in UK, but yeah, no, um, go ahead. Well, it, it's just, you know, that half the people in the labor party, despite everything good that, that Corbin had done for the party, uh, hate him. Because they're all a bunch of fucking Tony Blair bootlickers, right? What's that and, like? I, we wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's just, it's like, you know, the guy the guy moves heaven and earth to save the Labor Party, and they won't even support their own guy, you know? And when, when people see that their own party doesn't support their own guy, they're like, oh, what's the problem here? Oh, well, he's too, you know, this or too that, or he wants to, you know, he wants to make sure that you uh, still get to see the doctor uh, and that doesn't get privatized. And it's like, well, that sounds good in theory, but doesn't he hate Jews? I I heard someone say that's true. It's like, well, how does he hate the Jews? Oh, well, he doesn't think that they should be allowed to take the land away from people that already live there and then bomb them with white phosphorus uh, and, and then uh, shoot their children uh, and then build homes on top of the homes that were already there and bulldoze the Palestinian homes. What? That's crazy. What kind of crazy person would vote for such a monster who doesn't <laughs> like those things? Yeah, it, it's really unbelievable how um, 
kind of effortlessly they built up this narrative and you just see it repeated by fucking idiots everywhere about like well i even see people on the like some people that uh, i would consider leftists being like well you know I think the media props it up, but obviously, but you know, it, it's wrong to say that labor doesn't have an anti-Semitism problem. It's like, uh, first of all, it's fucking preposterous. Like, are are there any anti-Semitic members of the labor party voting block? I'm sure. Like, I'm sure just like there's racist members of every American political party. There's, you know, anti-Semitic members of every political party in America, but that does not mean that the person, uh, who is trying to actually fight for the rights of, you know, UK uh, citizens labor and also fighting for Palestinian rights is anti-Semitic. He's not responsible for what, you know, some people may say uh, it's just a preposterous notion. And the, it it also rests on the the idea that like the conservatives are the, uh, the party that actually cares about the Jews, which is, uh, just beyond fucking preposterous you know it, it, it's just like yeah these fucking right-wing uh, you know christo fascists who are in bed with donald trump one of the biggest fucking anti-semites on the planet yeah they're the ones who really care about the jews but no jeremy corbyn that guy who has been fighting for human rights his entire fucking life yeah no he's he's the real anti-semite it's just it's just fucking preposterous but all they gotta do is make it stick a little bit and it fucking works well, I don't even know if that did as much damage as just, you know, the 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 whole Brexit thing was people said, well, it was very much like the, yeah, you know, the, the people that voted for Trump, not because they're racist, but because they're just, you know, they they have a lot of ang- economic anxiety. Right. Well, you could make that argument probably three years ago. Right. But now you look at Brexit and it's like, no, these people are just fucking anti-immigrant racists. Like that's they've had they've been trying to the work ones this still out supporting it. Yeah, right. The, the ones that still are just like, nope, Britain is for Britain and we don't want these immigrants. We want nothing to do with a multicultural Europe. Uh, we want nothing to do with those people and we will destroy our own country and fuck it up for even white Britons just to make sure that we you know put up a wall around our, our, our island. Uh, and, you know, the rest of the kingdom that, that actually is, is welcoming to immigrants like uh, Northern Ireland and Scotland uh, and, and Wales to some degree. Uh, you know, it's like they, they want to just destroy themselves to make sure that their their pure Aryan heritage is protected from, uh, you know, refugees coming there from places like Iraq, where, uh, you know, Tony Blair joined the coalition of the willing to bomb the fuck out of them. You know, how dare those people come to, you know, try to live in that country afterward? Uh, yeah. as, as, as uh, you know, victims of, of Blair's war. Uh, so, yeah, and, and you know, the only real criticism I can give Corbyn is in the Labor Party is that they were not uh, anti-Brexit enough. They they coddled a lot of people they shouldn't have coddled. Um, the Scottish S&P party kind of said, like, look, you, were, you guys were neutral on this and you really should have been really anti it. Uh, and I don't know if that would have won them more votes or not. Probably not. I but see, I don't even know because, like, I, it's I, I, still it, it's you know the, they shouldn't have to play that the, the game that they're the they're the not racist party because clearly the Tories are like the fucking, you couldn't yeah you couldn't there's there's like one little tiny micro party I, I don't know what you know it's it's like a a, a more racist party than like Nazis are. Uh, and they have like 12 members and it's, you know, I don't even know what the fucking name of it is, but, um, they're, 
they oh, the like party? I can't remember the name of it. Help me out here. <laughs> Maybe U- that's UKIP, it, isn't it? The, UKIP, the, the Nigel Farage like racist party. Um, no, it's it, it's bigger than just him, but it was more racist than him. But it not wasn't that that much many more people than he was. So, mm. um, but yeah, no, but yeah. So it's it's just you know, it's unfortunate. But uh, the most important thing is that we and and by the way, you know, uh. For the fucking, you know, quizzling pieces of shit in the Labor Party who voted for the for Boris Johnson or voted for the Lib Dems who picked up 13 seats in a fucking parliament of 650. So your vote really went far in that fucking election um, for people that did that because they just couldn't vote for someone who's actual leftist like Corbyn, but they consider themselves a labor member. Uh, I hope you enjoy the fact that your your fucking healthcare system is going to look like our uh, atrocious, disgusting, dysfunctional. Uh, healthcare system because that's what Boris Johnson wants to do. He wants to fucking let the American companies come in and turn the NHS into the American system. So that'd be two countries with the worst fucking healthcare and most inefficient healthcare system in the world. So, you know, I guess if you guys want to be more like us, that's, you know, that's, 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 there was a, a great, um, good for you. Sort of like psychograph I saw recently and it was just kind of showed like the, the cycle of like how bad things get before people revolt. Right. And really put in like, real lasting reforms right and it only takes like one generation of having it really fucking good before people get really selfish and then apathetic mm-hmm. and then let it all fall to shit and then wonder where it went and then they become hyper religious and then that religiousness turns into like a liberation movement to then you know you know <laughs> uh that then turns into like a labor movement and then we finally get some good shit again and it's about a hundred year cycle um, of which like 80 years of it is awful and then 20 years is good. And as soon as we get 20 good years, everyone goes back to being like, well, I got mine. I don't give a shit if millennials don't have health care because I had it when I came out of you know World War II and everything was great because of thanks to FDR. Yeah. So what you're saying is we need, we need to put pillows over, over all of their faces and just speed up this process, I think. Is, yeah, is, just, is the just real. die already. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I get it. It's it's like, I, I think a lot of people in the, the, the baby boomers just didn't, they didn't have to fight for it, you know, like they, they weren't on the, the front lines of the fucking, you know, the, the coal miners that were having guerrilla warfare with the police and scabs. And, and oh, this is all in the thirties, twenties and thirties, these labor right. fights. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's an abstraction. If you don't see the people that fought for it, or even, even my own mother went on strike as a teacher to make sure that we had, uh, you know, a living wage for the family. And that I had healthcare, uh, from, from, her job as a teacher to the time I was like 25. Right. And even mm-hmm. nowadays she's, she's like, well, if you want good things, you got to work harder. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You literally <laughs> refuse to work to get paid more. Yes. Rightfully. I mean that, you know, like that, right. You already forget about that. Yeah. It's uh, like, yeah, you were fucking rabble rousing, you know, picket line stomping, you know, scab threatening fucking union <laughs> thug mom. Where did you, where did that go? Where did that fire go? That now you're kind of like, oh, I like Liz Warren. Like what? It's fucking Liz Warren's a goddamn scab. Yeah, no, literally, she she crossed uh, several picket lines already in this 2020 campaign. Uh, she crossed culinary workers union. Yeah. Picket and when line, she cr- when she crossed the line, when when Liz Warren crosses the picket line, she does it like like Theresa May uh, trying to dance across stage. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. 
Like, I'm just going to do this thing uh, and hope nobody notices. <laughs> this is totally, this is totally human dancing. This is not at all fucking cyborg lizard person dancing. This is yeah. humans dance um at, at least elaine from seinfeld was clueless about how awful she was <laughs> Teresa may knows full well and was just kind of like i'm gonna do it until i can't and i'm gonna get away with this i just saw her the other day or yesterday because i was watching a uh, christmas vacation which is the greatest fucking christmas movie of all time oh yeah you you were saying that the, the 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 julie louise dreyfus uh wife and then the husband with like the slick back hair and ponytail looked like uh, uh Buddha Judge voters yes. Buddha Judge voters yeah um uh, they, they struck me as like too nihilistic to, to dabble in electoral politics, but it made me Maybe. think of the um, of the couple from Best in Show that both have braces that met at uh, um, two different Starbucks across the street from each other. That had they're the the uh, Weimar writer couple, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember the guy's name, but the the woman's played by uh, Parker Posey, amazing Parker Posey. Um, they strike me. And as soon as you show you said that, it reminded me of that couple from from Best in Show. They strike me as Pete Buttigieg supporters more than any other <laughs> any other fictional TV comedy couple. Yeah, well, I think we can all agree that Cousin Eddie would be a vermin supreme supporter uh, if he voted for anyone. <laughs> Shitter was full. <laughs> Shitter was full, darling. Did you hear that? Shitter was full. Yep. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So that's we gotta uh, fucking review that movie. So we've been talking about we've been talking about like what to review for this Christmas, and we've we've threw around the idea of like like different movies that we've just wanted to review uh, that have nothing to do with Christmas, and then we kind of like well yeah we talked we talked about like The Shining because it's not Christmas but it's winter but man fucking Christmas vacations gotta be we gotta I, like. I love Christmas. I just don't know how much I'd have to say about that movie. You know, like I like it'd be like, oh, remember I was super funny? It. We could just quote it for two hours. People would love yeah, it. No, that's true. That's true. Um, we'll see how it goes. We'll see. We'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but so, uh, yeah. So it's unfortunate. But I think the most important thing is not to let uh, shithead liberals like Nier Tandon uh, steer the the. Uh, narrative coming out of this because they're immediately all going to say, well, look, see, you know, real leftists can't win. This is what happens when you run someone too far to the left and blah, blah, blah. Even though they've, of course, manufactured his fucking downfall by completely smearing him for the last four years. Um, they're going to try to use this as evidence that Bernie Sanders shouldn't be the nominee. Uh, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. Bernie Sanders is the only fucking uniter in the entire democratic field. Like he's the only one who can actually bring together the broad left coalition that's needed uh, in order to, to defeat Donald Trump. Like mm-hmm. that's a, genuinely, I mean, it, it's, you know, if you look at the numbers, yeah. it's, it's undeniable. I tell you what, um, everyone listening to this that keeps uh, quote tweeting or, or retweeting near tandem into my timeline, I'm going to fucking block you. I got home from driving for seven hours and it was like 50 of you in a row fucking put her in my timeline against my consent. <laughs> so stop doing that. Um, don't, don't elevate that fucking bitch. Um, Bernie is is phenomenally popular, and Corbyn, as much as we love him here, not nearly so popular over there, right? Like, there's a lot of really stuffy, you know, upper crust fucking. It's a very conservative that, country. I mean, at the end of yeah, the day, no, it totally is. They they want their social services, and until you're like, well, but you know, what about black refugees getting there too? Oh, never, no, not in my time. You know, like whatever their fucking yeah. voice is. Um, yeah, you know, like like we mentioned, they're going to cut off the nose to spite their face. But yeah, well, Bernie definitely has 
way more mainstream support. And, and like you yeah. said, they are going to try to undercut that and say, Bernie's too far left. Right. And all you can really can do is counter that bullshit and say, well, uh, 80% of, of registered Democrats support Medicare for all 75% of registered Democrats support green new deal. Uh, was it almost 70% of registered Dem- Democrats support, uh, free public college tuition. So the idea that Bernie Sanders is not extremely mainstream within our party and amongst independent voters is Hogwarts or hogwash or whatever. I've been trying to like cram a lot of British stuff right now. (laughs) (laughs) Too much British, too much British on this episode so far, but no. So yeah. And, and, you know, for all of our, for our, our leftist, uh, UK listeners, uh, this fucking blows. I'm sorry you guys are going through this right now, but hopefully, you know, the silver lining is that, and somebody mentioned this in, in our group chat that, if Bernie wins, he'll do everything he can to stop the American companies from going in there and privatizing your healthcare system. And I don't know how much influence he actually would have over that, but there's some chance that he could, you know, certainly uh, do everything within his power to say, you're not going to be doing that and you're not going to do business. Over. I, well, I will see. We'll see. I mean, we'll see what's going to happen. Up. Yeah. So I just, I not, not to, not to, you know, uh, piss on your parade or rain or kick a horse when it's whatever. Um, but yeah, pretty much all we, all we understand about politics uh, in, in the UK here in the U S is, is what we've extrapolated from Harry Potter or game of Thrones. Right. And I've never watched <laughs> Harry Potter nor will I ever. So all I can really go on is game of Thrones. And I know a lot of people hated the last season of game of Thrones and those people are idiots. Uh, I, we've established that on our game of Thrones. Listen podcast. to our game of Thrones podcast, yes. game of Thrones podcast to um, figure out why, but man, I, I, I could, I couldn't really sum it up better that, than you know, that, that, uh, that, you know, Lannisters were really the Tories. Uh, and for the most part, the Starks were labor, or at least Jim Corbin labor, and D and D, who everyone hates because they didn't end the show the way that their fucking headcanon wanted, uh, were trying to warn us about all that, right? I mean, obviously the you know the the, the original writer DB Cooper, whatever the fuck his name is, what is his name? Uh, uh, George R. R. Martin. <laughs> there you go. I knew it was like a two initials and then a last yeah, name. Yeah. So DB Cooper is the first one that pops in there. I know it's not fucking DB Cooper, of course. I just HR Geiger. I was trapped in a car for eight hours today, so I'm excited to be here. <laughs> They were, try- yeah. I mean, like, obviously, he was trying to say something about politics in general, but I feel like D and D were trying to kind of like, you know, narrow it in on our political situation we have. Well, right the now. whole, and I mean, and George Martin himself has said that the whole Game of Thrones story is a, is an allegory for, or, or, or is basically an anti-war story, and it's about you know not being imperialistic and militaristic. The whole reason that Daenerys's arc takes the direction that it does is because he wanted to actually make a point about about imperialism and, and benevolent imperialism and, you know, putting putting a pretty face on on American empire or just empire in general. Like that's well, the British the whole, empire. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's American, but like, that, you know, it could go either way. And that's the whole point is that, um, yeah, that whole story was supposed to be an analog for that. And he said as much, which is so when people fucking had a meltdown about Daenerys's uh, character development in season eight, it's like, well, number one, if you had a problem with this and didn't see this coming, that says more about you than it does about the writing of the show, <laughs> because this is pretty fucking obvious from, from the get go. If you l- looked at, you know, that character's tendencies, but, um, but so yeah, wait, when, when she told the, the, the people of Karth that she was going to burn down 
uh, multiple cities and theirs would be first and that she would rain down blood and fire uh, and, and crush. She would take what is hers passes. by fire and blood, even worse. Right, right. Like they, that was just her bluffing all this time. When she actually did it, that's not my fault for not seeing it coming. <laughs> no, no, no. She's, she, she's, she's just a super, super feminist icon. She's just like Hillary. Oh, she just wanted God. to liberate the people benevolently and... Yeah the, yeah, the people so who are already free need to be liberated again. Apparently, we need to go put boots on the ground in Libya once and for all to make sure that uh, 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 we we came. He saw or whatever he died. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just oh god. Well, you know, we, we were talking about uh, fake anti-Semitism, but we should talk about actual anti-Semitism because uh, Donald Trump is. Uh, you know, just a raging anti-Semite. You know, he made a super anti-Semitic speech the other day to a Jewish coalition. Uh, I think he again made that like nobody negotiates better than the people in this room joke. It's like, uh, you know, he constantly calls up to Nazis. His one of his chief policy advisors, Stephen Miller, is a fucking neo-Nazi. Um, but but they're the real ones trying to fight anti-Semitism. And you know that because they're passing this executive order, um, which is uh Essentially, so basically what the executive order does is that it threatens federal funding to um, institute to, to public uh, colleges and universities that don't crack down on uh, anti-Israel speech. And they're codifying this uh, in terms of uh, discrimination against Judaism. So they're, what they're essentially doing with this executive order is declaring uh, Judaism as a nationality. Uh, which, you know, uh, most uh, people on Twitter pointed out and a lot of Jewish people were like, uh, I am an American citizen. My nationality is American. I am not uh, a, a Jewish citizen. Uh, and and this is literally like what the fucking Nazis did. And it's what Netanyahu is doing to Arabs in, in Israel right now. It's making them uh, second class citizens, essentially. So it... it, it it, it's it's so preposterous and actually anti-Semitic on its face, but the only reason they're doing this, and of course he's doing this in uh, conjunction with his Christo-fascist fucking education secretary, Betsy DeVos, is so that they can crack down on, on BDS and make sure that that just does not even get talked about. Like, they literally want schools to, part of this order is to get schools to change their curriculum uh, in, in regards to Middle Eastern uh, policy or just te- te- in terms of what they teach uh, regarding Middle Eastern uh, affairs, which is for sure. Well, super fucking fascist. The really dangerous thing is, is you know, regardless of what you think about BDS, whether um, you should absolutely support it, uh, everyone should, including Bernie. Um, yeah. Regardless of what you think about it, it, you know, making every Jewish American uh, a de facto dual citizen. Uh, and you know, in, in enforcing a, a, a dual loyalty, uh, which was basically what was forced upon them in World War II, like, oh, where's your real loyal, loyalty right, lie? You know, it's like, well, I I didn't have a dual loyalty until uh, Trump forced me to have one, <laughs> right? Like, that's like what? That's just fucking crazy. But you know, the other crazy thing is, is I guarantee Trump doesn't know this, but the U.S. State Department does not recognize dual citizenship. We just don't. If, if you're yeah. a citizen of another country, we don't recognize it. We only recognize your U.S. citizenship. That doesn't mean you can't have it. It just means that the U.S. doesn't recognize it. So if you leave the country uh, without your U.S. passport, you're not getting back in without a huge fucking hassle. You can't come back in on your on your foreign passport. 
you got to have a U.S. passport on you at all times if you're a U.S. citizen, whereas mm-hmm. most other reasonable countries don't require that. They're like, oh, you're a fucking citizen of you know this country and that country. You can come here on any of your fucking passports because they're legal government documents. Like we're, we're like the only first world country that's like, no, if you're a U.S. citizen, you have to have your U.S. passport on you at all times. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is, and, and obviously, I don't think that would happen in this case with, if, like, with 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 Jewish Americans. But it's the symbolic <sighs> nature of it is yeah. is well, yeah. I mean, that's true also, but um, it, it's just fucking preposterous. Like they just keep trying to, uh, you know, to 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 do to do that the 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 Cheney, which is like you know project or project all of your uh weaknesses upon your enemy like they're you know to trying to act like the left is anti-semitic for supporting boycott divestment sanction of a disgusting imperialist occupying country uh that they're saying the left are the real anti-semitic ones when again you know uh, there's one party in this country that coddles fucking white nationalists and white supremacists and neo-nazis and people that chant you know the jews will not replace us and murder people with their fucking cars like that's You know, that's not the fucking the left. That's not who does that. It's the fucking conservatives. So, well, you know, and the left's not good at countering that shit either, because it's just like, what? How could you pot? Like, the left gets really confused at right wing gaslighting, because it's like, how can you accuse me of the thing that you're the worst about? You know, and it's like you gotta you gotta figure out like, because you, you can't just say, well, that's not true, because the right doesn't care about what isn't or is not true. You gotta figure out like a worse thing to accuse the right of that just fucking blows their mind. Right. And, you know, you can't really accuse them. Uh, you know, the, the people that don't want to wipe Palestine off the map of just being, you know, Islamophobic because they'd be like, well, that's true. Like, yeah, I do well. hate Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> like, that Thank you. Work, Thank right? you for the compliment. Yeah. Right. So you got to figure out, we got to figure out like a new thing to, to sling on those fuckers. Um, you know, and, and of course like Israel loves fucking Egypt and loves Saudi Arabia. Like they're, you know, they're, they're, as long as you're a you know like a completely fascist uh, Arabian regime that'll do business with Israel, you're fine. Apparently, but yeah, yeah, and, and you know, it's just tough because it's it's a very effective technique to to put people on defensive by accusing them of racism or sexism or bigotry of any kind. It's it, it's a proven technique to put people on the defensive and. If right. you don't defend yourself, you look guilty. It, it, it's an it's a really here's the sleazy... thing that uh, f- for all the, the the critiques we have of Tulsi Gabbard that she does really well is she doesn't even acknowledge that shit, right? Like when somebody will throw a, a terrible accusation at her, she'll just like brush it off and be like, "Well, here's here's what I here's what's actually true." She won't even say that's not true because when you have to you know when you when you have to speak about a thing that's been asserted <clears throat> in the negative. Uh, it just makes you look kind of wimpy, right? Uh, yeah, she's really she's really good at deflecting. Things no, she's great, or, or acknowledging it to the point of just making it sound ridiculous when she says back the thing that someone said to her, like like you're accusing a sitting congresswoman of being a, a Russian asset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just think yeah. about what you're saying, and they're like, oh, everyone in the view is like, oh, like I'm embarrassed now. <laughs> So, uh, and this is one of those things I think Bernie does well too. Um, you know, just, just the idea that you, you don't, you don't show how much it bothers you. You You, you don't, you you don't exactly, you don't dignify it. Uh, and you just be, you know, it's like, okay, well, guess what? You're a fucking fascist. You're a fucking Nazi. You know, it's like the thing that the, the, the Nazis 
love about Trump or the, the you know white nationalists love about Trump is that he's a fucking Nazi and a white nationalist. But they still can't admit that that's what they like about him. And it drives them crazy that they can't. They're like, no, nah, I'm not a racist. I just believe in, uh, you know, preserving the the, the, the cultural values of uh, white Westernism that founded our country. You know, it's just like they, they can't, yeah. they got to like wring their hands trying to be like, I can't say the thing that I really want to do. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think just kind of, um, you know, screwing their, their thumbs on that one is probably the best way to go, maybe, just to drive nuts, if not to... I guess, I don't know, the conversation. It's fucking hellscape that we live in. But but no, I mean, and, you know, we'll talk about Bernie at the end uh, and why, why there's a lot of room to be hopeful. But uh, don't let this get you down. Don't let them try to play up this narrative. It's not fucking true. Bernie Sanders is going to win the fucking presidency. He's going to be our next president. And I, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you it's going to fucking happen. And I, I genuinely was very worried uh, months ago, but I feel more and more confident looking at the way things are trending that it's going to happen. Um, but you know, before we get to that, I want to briefly mention, uh, our good buddy Mayo Pete, because he, um, you know, we, and this is actually something I saw on the left for a while, uh, talking about his time consulting at McKinsey, which is one of the most evil, uh, consulting firms in the world. They're like, they're like cartoonishly evil McKinsey. So, um, they, you know, I thought they were like the sex Institute and Liam Neeson portrayed the guy in the movie about, you know, doing all this, the groundbreaking research into sexual behavior in the 1950s. Is that not the one (laughs) different, no different, different, different organization. Um, okay. So yeah, now McKinsey is this, you know, K street, uh, you know, consulting firm and they, um, uh, they're they're maniacs like they're they're just the total like you know cutthroat like capitalist like literally zero considerations for anything other than extracting every last penny out of um any given you know company that they're hired to consult for so yeah, like it's like when a ruthless corporation can't figure out ways to become more ruthless they hire this company to come in parachute in and like hey look at our books and figure out how we can be more evil Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I mean, we need to, we need to lay off more doctors and nurses and, and raise premiums. How can you help us fucking facilitate that and make the most amount of money and also spin it so we don't look as evil as we really are? Yeah. So um, they, they're literally too extreme for ice. Like ice brought them in to consult uh, to figure out how they <laughs> could save money. And you know, it literally and, and, and part of their their suggestions were um cutting down meals for 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 uh detained uh migrants and like there there were several like insane fucking proposals that they put forth in order to quote unquote save money and even ice were uh made un quote unquote made uncomfortable by some of the suggestions of mckinsey so that just gives you an idea of where uh you know where they are they're too fucking extreme for the american gestapo so you know Real to great be, to company. Be fair, one, of, one of their ways to conserve protein was was like a human centipede type thing. So that was just like a little <laughs> little off the rail. Like, yeah. I mean, look, nobody's <laughs> saying they're not resourceful, but you know, they, they they're certainly. <laughs> hey, we believe so, in recycling. What's not to like, Marxists? Yeah. So um, uh, people were were trying to speculate on his clients. He wouldn't release them. He was saying, "Oh, well, I have a non disclosure agreement." It was like. You could certainly say the companies that you work for. You don't have to say exactly what you worked on. Um, and and he was doing his typical fucking smug tap dance where he just wouldn't say anything. Um, and literally McKinsey came out and called his bluff for, I don't know why. I don't know if they were just like, eh, fuck this fucking guy. Uh, we're like, no, you, you could 
to totally release uh, release the names of the clients you work for. We don't care. Uh, so he was forced to. Um, and but but before he did, um, this uh, guy on Twitter, Wendell Potter, who uh, was a former vice president at Cigna, you know, which is one of the biggest insurance companies in the world. Um, he's a whistleblower. He's like a totally, you know, like reformed, uh, insurance company guy. He supports Medicare for all. He like runs this whole like business for Medicare for all, uh, group. He, he's, he's basically like, yeah, no, the health insurance industry is super fucked up. And I can tell you exactly how it's fucked up and why it's fucked up. Um, so, you know, he's, he's like doing a good thing uh, on his way out the door. He is. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed his threads for the last few days and I've like read them in their entirety too. Like, yeah, very, very long. Um, well, so I, I want to read one of the uh, yeah. just just the Buttigieg or the Blue Cross one. So uh, there was speculation because the Buttigieg's campaign were like, well, no, he he didn't work. He worked for a public uh, health insurance group, um, <laughs> which which uh, means so, nothing. And means in fucking nothing because Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is considered a public insurance group. There's almost no distinction. So let me read out his thread that he uh, posted. And again, there's a former vice president at Cigna. So this guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to how insurance companies fuck people over and what McKinsey is brought in to do. Uh, as a former corporate exec who worked with McKinsey, I may be able to shed light on one of Buttigieg's unnamed McKinsey clients and why it's very significant uh, in this campaign. Uh, and this was, this was just a couple of days before it was released. Right? Oh, so yeah. That, was, and that's important. This is before he knew. So he fucking called right. this shit. He guessed. Um, or he guessed. But, but, you know, educated guess for sure. Yeah. Uh, when, I, when I was a health insurance exec, my CFO had McKinsey on retainer. Every year or so, especially when one division or another wasn't making enough profit, uh, McKinsey would be, bro- would be brought in to assess current operations. Um Kind of like the Bobs in Office Space, I imagine. You know, right? <laughs> what is it? What is exactly you do here? Basically, it seems like that's all they do. Um, those of us who knew about McKinsey's involvement in our insurance corporation knew it would lead to quote cost cutting. That's consultant talk for laying off workers, offshoring, and hiking rates. The McKinsey efforts would have code names because they had to be kept secret. Uh, seems, seems, you know above board uh now what does this have to do with pete Buttigieg? in his description of his mckinsey work he says he worked at michigan at a health insurance provider performing analytical work identifying savings in administration and overhead costs to an old health insurance exec those are code words that translate roughly to cutting costs through layoffs restructuring and potentially denying health coverage to those in need uh important you'll notice that Buttigieg describes his mckinsey experience uh, mckinsey insurance client as a quote non-profit insurer so this means that it was a different kind of company, right? No, nonprofit insurers behave just like for profits. In fact, you might not be able to tell them apart. Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is a nonprofit health insurer that fits the description of Buttigieg's client. Its financials in 2007 were not great, which is when execs call on firms like uh, McKinsey to come up with tactics to right the ship. Based on the article below, Blue Cross Blue Shield laid off hundreds of people and increased premium premiums dramatically not long after. Those premium increases likely led to a lot of people losing their health insurance. If indeed Buttigieg's client was Blue Cross, this report by the Attorney General of Michigan in 2007 has a lot to offer. The title, Profits Over People, The Drive to Privatize and Destroy the Social Mission of uh, Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Um, If it wasn't Blue Cross, it would have to be another big insurer that would be able to afford. Um, 
There's nobody bigger why is, than them in Michigan. There's yeah, really nobody yeah, else besides. And, and, it, and it was them, so he, he was right on. Michigan. Uh, why is this relevant to 2020? I'll leave analysis of uh, Pete's transparency or his potential role in rate hikes and layoffs to political experts. What I can speak to is how this experience might lead to him to defend and protect health insurance companies now. Pete is fighting to preserve the role of profits of health insurance companies, spending huge sums on ads, slamming uh, plans to rein them in. I'll be watching to see if my former insurance colleagues send him their big campaign checks. He's probably one of their favorite candidates. As I know firsthand, insurers intentionally deny coverage to Americans to hoard their profits. The result is people dying in millions of medical bankruptcy. Pete's plan protects and preserves this system. Now we may know why. So, you know, great fucking thread by him. Totally called it. Um, and, you know, and it wasn't even just that. The uh, the list of clients I included the, uh, a grocery train called like Lablo or something like that, um, and uh, right around the time that he was consulting for them, they were actually accused of a price fixing scheme on bread, <laughs> and were actually that just cracks me up because there's yeah, a which band is like from what Canada called bread, which is just like like you know lame classic rock, but it's just like like the most Canadian scandal was oh you know they were uh, fixing to control the price of bread, which would not fair, not competitive, like that's the, <laughs> that's the worst Canadian scandal we can get is a fucking bread hiking yeah. scam. <laughs> But but it's just so funny because like you see the, the like uh, when his campaign tweeted out like the list of his clients, his fucking fans are so fucking smug and insufferable. Every single one of them is like, oh, oh look at this list of uh, evil corporations. What really so, like, you know, just total fucking sarcasm over the top. And they would just ignore every time somebody would tweet like uh, Wendell's thread or like the price fixing thread or the fact that he worked for all of these gov- other government organizations. It was clearly a fucking CIA oh, yeah. asset. Like, well, we, we all uh, knew that blue cross, uh, I can't even say it. Blue cross, blue, cross, blue yeah. shield, Michigan was his big, was his big McKinsey client. Uh, and we knew exactly what he did for them. I mean, what he did for all these other ones, probably similar, but, you know, uh, right down the line for. for well, for I, some of his Iraq work but, for the government is very shady. And I would think maybe even more significant if we yeah. knew the details. Of, Can but. we get a higher ratio of depleted uranium in the bullet casings? Because that would really save us some money. Wow. Yeah, no, if we, if, if we scholars could. making us tons of loot fucking promote them if, if um, we could no, slowly just, kill like half of the insurgents without actually having to shoot them just by leaving depleted <laughs> yeah. uranium around that we're would not really liable save us for it that. they don't die until 10 years boss. later who's to say what killed them um, um not to channel louis ck's shtick uh but yeah no the, i mean the, the the people who guessed it was going to be blue cross blue shield i the first, when i was like that's horrible and i know that liberals are going to look at that and go what's the problem Mm-hmm. Right is in Michigan. Uh, they just elected uh, Gretchen Whitmer as governor in Michigan, um, who was like the you know not as bad as Hillary Clinton, but definitely more of an establishment liberal uh, over Abdul Al Said, who was who's the the R Rev choice, uh, and she came. Guy. Yeah, yeah, no, he's awesome. He gives you a great hug too, uh, <laughs> and and she came from 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 private insurance from Blue Cross, and people were like, "What's the?" I don't understand what the problem is. It's like you do you know what they do? Do you know that I mean they're they're private insurance. They're making money off sick people while denying coverage. Like that's just what private insurance is. Right? Like how do you not see that as a conflict of interest with somebody who's running for a public office who's supposed to do what's in the public interest? 
not the private interest. Well, but it's all the same now. These public-private partnerships, we all make, you know, we can all just kind of blend it together. That's the, literally the fucking right? problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, used to, I used to write about public-private partnerships and how they're just, you know, just soft-core fascism. Um, back when people didn't really see the problem, and I think they do now, and I kind of like, I haven't written quite as much about that kind of stuff lately because it's like, well, if everyone else is doing it, I don't need to. <laughs> I'm lazy. Yeah, I'll just do yeah, the podcast yeah. now. Uh, but no, it's it's fucking it's it's really fucking scary because it's you know it, it is it's how you hide the money it's how you hide uh, you know really evil awful shit behind good intentions of oh, oh we're the you know we're the healthcare lobby we know what's good for the public we know you know we care about minorities and uh, you know environmental racism environmental uh, uh, pollution and all this stuff and like what's your solution uh, well, we're going to dump chemicals in the water that we think are good for poor people to to yeah. ingest. What's that chemical called? Well, it's a byproduct of chemical fertilizer and it's explosive and it's really expensive to get rid of. So we're just going to tell people it's good for their teeth. This <laughs> is like, what? This is, this is the fucking healthcare lobby. This is crazy. Yeah, man. I don't know. Just, just really. It's <laughs> fucking so, so bleak. Oh man. Um, yeah. So, I mean, people to judge. You know, I mean, nobody listening to this podcast needs to be convinced that he's a fucking snake in the grass, you know, little dweeb who uh, will do everything he can to privatize, you know, literally every industry. Um, I mean, he's probably uh, the most right wing candidate running. I mean, he may be more right wing than Biden. Uh, it, it's oh. it's honestly close. Like, it's you just yeah, I, I, something. <laughs> I, oh, the, the, I, you told me I think about this the other day. It's very funny. You should. Oh, yeah. Well, because we, we were watching Pete Buttigieg, me and mom were watching on the MSNBC or whatever. He was on Rachel Maddow the other night and they boosted his chair up really high so he wouldn't look shorter than Rachel Maddow, uh, which they don't do for anybody else. I think Bernie's chair they lowered to make him look more like old and hunched over. <laughs> hunched over, um, yeah. And, you know, he got like a couple of tough questions and then just was allowed to give a, a non-answer. Um, and I, I, I was, I said to my mom, like Pete Buttigieg is basically just a young Joe Biden. And mom said, I'd rather have a young Joe Biden than an old Joe Biden. And I was like, why? What's the, why's one better? And she just didn't answer. <laughs> she kind of like pretend like she didn't really hear me. And then just like, you know, leaned over and squinted as though paying attention to the interview really closely. But I knew she heard me. I knew she just like, wasn't going <laughs> to answer, but no, it's fucking terrible. It just means like another generation of young people has been infected with that fucking old senile racist corporate fuckers bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And it's all being done through fucking catchy earworms by Panic at the Disco. That's that's the the, the way they're incepting all of these. Oh, I had a, I had to lobotomize the part of my brain that remembered how that song goes because it was just it was too <laughs> it's too in there. Oh damn it! I took it off my soundboard. I would have just played it for you. <laughs> <laughs> damn it! Um, but that would have been funny. But no. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you you went through time, uh, Doctor Manhattan style, and deleted it. Although it was always deleted. You didn't go through time to delete it. It's just always been deleted. Tacky ass <laughs> motherfucker. Oh god. Um, no, but so you know, fuck people judge. I think it goes without saying. Um, let's close the show out by talking about, uh, the only candidate that matters in this race, Bernie fucking Sanders. So, uh, you know, there've been some, uh, really great developments lately in polling. I mean, Bernie's, you know, pulling way closer in places like New Hampshire, where he's going to win New Hampshire. I mean, he fucking won New Hampshire, uh, in the primaries that, you know, 2016, he's going to win it. 
this year. He's, I think, within three points of, of the lead or something. You know, Warren's fallen off a cliff. I mean, you know, ever since her, her total backtrack of Medicare for all to this public option, she's uh, her support is completely, you know, taken a 10 point dive nationally. So uh, I'm not worried about her winning. It's actually a lot of her support went back to Biden or, or you know, a lot. Of, I don't know where I don't know if it's Kamala's support, whatever the, the metrics ended up working out as. Um, right now, it seems to be a Bernie and Biden race. Buttigieg is kind of, you know, he, he, he had a little bubble from the media coverage. But the second they asked him any tough questions, his uh, numbers also started to fizzle. And the only two whose numbers uh, seem to be fairly immovable are Bernie and Biden. And, you know, we've talked a lot on the show about how Biden's numbers are completely inflated and, and, and you know, manufactured, uh, which, again, I really think Bernie's like <laughs> the fucking the front runner right now. If you look at the numbers, I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. And sure, sure. That's if you believe, you know, numbers and fundraising and, and volunteer signups. But, you know, like Hillary metrics. said. That can't possibly be real. And Bernie has to endorse whoever the eventual nominee is, which can't yeah. be him. She, just, she can't even conceive yeah. of it being him. No. And, and that's what they're doing is, is they are they're trying to subvert expectation now because they know everyone's looking at these going, no, he's the front runner. So when when the first shenanigans start, they can go, see, we knew he wasn't the front runner. Now we've got the, you know, now we've got exit polls that show, you know, after we called California a day before the, the election actually happened, that uh, clearly Joe Biden is the front runner. You know, they're going to do shit like that again. Yeah. And they're already, of course, pulling their bullshit. The media, I mean, there was that CNN headline to Chiron today where they had a poll up of uh, California support among Latino voters. And Biden was at like 28 percent and Bernie was at 25 and Warren was at like 17 and the Chiron read uh, Biden, Warren, uh, top uh, or, uh, you know, have have high support with uh, or hold high support with Latino voters or something, something absurd to that, you know, to that degree. And it was just like, and there's it's no literally way. right next. It's right there's next no, to you, dude. Like, it's right no next way that California Latino voters support Biden more than Bernie. It's no, just, no, I, I don't. I think it's totally. Bold. But but you know, but like they literally omitted Bernie from the fucking Chiron and acted like Warren and Biden were one and two. And the Chiron was. The, literally right underneath a gigantic pole that was blown up on the screen behind the person talking. So it's like, I, I, are you guys, you're not even trying anymore. You're not even making your own, at least leave him off the graphic like you do some other times. <laughs> like, you know, um, but, you know, another great fucking development is that a poll just came out today uh, of South Carolina primary voters uh, in a in a place where Biden at one point was up to like 52 percent, some preposterous fucking number, like 52 percent to 14 percent. Like Biden was like running away with South Carolina. And, you know, I said before on the show that Biden is if he wins any states is only going to win South Carolina and Delaware, if even that, like because that, that's his last vestige of hope is to win South Carolina to keep him alive through the early states, because that's the only early state he has any shot of winning. He actually may not pick up delegates in California. He may not hit 15%, which it would be mm. fucking hilarious. But so the poll that came out today, Biden 27 down at least 20 points from, from his height in the primary cycle, Bernie 20. So Bernie is within fucking sniffing distance. Uh, no pun intended with Joe uh, Biden. There you see striking sniffing. distance. I see what you did there. That was good. Uh, I feel repulsed. Thanks. <laughs> of Biden. So, I mean, 
Bernie Bernie could sweep the fucking he, Bernie could conceivably sweep the early states and Super Tuesday, and there's literally no way that anyone else would have a path to the nomination. Like this fucking primary might be over in March. CIA's like, tuning their heart attack gun to a finer <laughs> setting <laughs> from stun to kill. Yep. No. So yeah. Last time, um, just a warning. <laughs> like Christian Bale, yeah. Batman voice. <laughs> um. So I mean, guys, you know, I, I know tonight sucks. Like the UK result is not what we wanted, and you know, a lot of bullshit made it happen. But don't get discouraged because Bernie's gonna fucking win this shit. Like he's gonna win, and he's gonna win not because you know <clears throat> we want him to win or what. He's gonna win because he actually gives a shit about people, and he's the only one of these candidates who actually gives a shit about people, and it shows. Do you uh, have you know, we the, played, the, 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 yeah, the, oh, oh, sorry. I didn't realize we were both about to queue that up, but I, yeah, I want to <laughs> say something about, about, um, you know, what, what you do when, uh, the, the chips get tough or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Fuck um, so, Man, so mix of metaphors the, all over the place. I, that's all I know how to do right now. Uh, play yeah, the clip, so I'll, talk I'll about play that, this. And I want to, I want to get into, um, some, some movement building, uh, sort of pep talk here for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And so, you know, we played a couple months ago, that clip of the, uh, the suicidal, uh, veteran who went to a Bernie rally and talked about how he's got a hundred and eight thousand dollars in medical debt because they basically kicked him off of his insurance without telling him that TRICARE fucked him over, which is like the, the, the insurance you get from serving. So it's like, theoretically, if you served, you should be on that insurance for life. Like they shouldn't be able to kick you off. But, but again, because that's captured by a fucking private company, they do fucking games and try to kick people off. So this guy, because of clerical bullshit, uh, owed $108,000 and, and he, and, uh bernie was like well what are you gonna do he's like i don't know i'm gonna fucking kill myself like i'm gonna kill myself i I don't know what i'm gonna do uh and bernie said like no you're not gonna kill yourself we'll we'll we'll, you know we'll talk after just come yeah come come talk to my way to take away his agency bernie (laughs) right um (laughs) who's what you're not gonna do you're not gonna kill yourself you're gonna talk to me afterwards we're gonna work this out yeah but 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 it was dials it way up, then he like brings it back down with his voice. Yeah, and it was it was a genuinely you know sweet and compassionate moment, and that's why people you know know that Bernie Sanders is the real fucking deal. But here's an update on that because he actually did another rally in Nevada, and this guy came back and he gave him an update on what has happened with his case since then. So I'm gonna play the audio from that, and this is from Bernie's Twitter, I believe, and it's got I think clips of the original clip. Then we'll we'll chat about it because of your support. Um, Senators Cortez, Masto, and Jackie Rosen got involved and straightened out my bills. This is mine. I'm a, I'm a Navy veteran. I served 20 years. I saved lives. My TRICARE is not acceptable anymore. They took it away. I have Huntington's disease. I'm in stage four. I can barely take care of myself. And I do not have the energy to fight these people. And I was retroactively, retroactively um, reinstated, and I only had to pay uh, the $29.50 a month from when they canceled my insurance without my knowledge. John, I'm looking at, at, at a bill that says account balance $139,000. How are you going to pay off? I can't. I can't. I'm going to kill myself. I don't, hold on, John. Stop it. 
You're not going to kill yourself. So thank you for rescuing me. And I have this to give you. This. This is my leather flight jacket. I want you to have that. That's my original issue flight jacket and a flight patch. Let me say this. John, I so much appreciate this. I am not going to take it because it's a beautiful jacket. It's a jacket that you earned, and I want you to keep it. But the last time I saw you, I will take that. That I will take. Okay. The last time I saw John, uh, it was not a good circumstance. We had a brief conversation. Uh, and I'm so happy that working with your senators in our office, uh, we were able to rectify your situation. Let me just say this, not just for John. Uh, as a nation, we can disagree about a war. We can disagree about foreign policy. But when brave people like John put their lives on the line to defend our country, when they come home, they will receive the best quality health care that this country can provide them. And they will not have to go deeply in debt or be harassed by bill collectors for some stupid bureaucratic reason. So John, thank you so much. Yeah, so um you know just just real uh real emotional stuff and 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 that's genuinely what uh separates bernie from the rest of these people is that you know you can tell he gives a fuck like he's not just doing that because he knows it'll be a politically viable in fact he knows that people probably won't cover it because they typically don't cover any of the actual you know uh no shit that he that he does like that but well, you could tell uh, that Bernie was worried about being criticized for owning yet another jacket. So he was just like, I don't want your jacket. I don't want Four your jacket. jackets now, Bernie. Four fucking jackets. He's like, don't no, get that, that fucking thing away from me. That that part got to me because like this guy clearly doesn't have much, right? And he's yeah. trying to give him something yeah. that means a lot to him. Not really resonant. That, like that's the thing that like just as a civilian center, like you can't really just like take a veteran's you know, jet, like no, that's a, and, 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 but it's, he doesn't, he doesn't quite get that, but he's still kind of like, I don't know what else to give you. I don't have anything else that means anything. And it's like, well, your, your thanks means a lot, obviously. And he, he does, you know, Bernie does appreciate it. It's just, you know, it's kind of, a, and he accepted his flight patch, which was, you know, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And also just, you know, you can't take every single thing that somebody gives you on the campaign trail. Cause it's like, where would you put everything? You have to buy another house, Bernie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's just, Nobody else has these kind of moments because nobody goes to, you know, a, a Pete Booty Judge rally. And be like, oh my, you saved my life, Pete! Fucking, you bulldozed my house when I was poor and taught me the lesson of trying to make more money. Thank you, Pete, for setting me straight. Well, I'll tell you what we're gonna do for you, John. You know, I'm gonna get you set up with my people, and we're gonna start. To, we're gonna talk to you about some Pell grants. Uh, maybe we could set up. Maybe we could set up like a, a CD for you. You know, maybe maybe a CD or a money market account, and uh, you know, maybe 10, 20 years from now, we can we can pay that debt down slowly. 
Uh, maybe John, we can renegotiate John, your interest rates. Where, where do you live? You live in a trailer park? You get a double wide? He's, Pete has his fingers steepled right now up to his nose, thinking deeply. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's what I'd do for you, John. I want to call my people in real estate. We're to turn that double wide into a quadruple wide that you can sell to pay off your medical debt. What do you think about that, people? No, like I'll, I'll, I'll literally be dead by the time any of that happens. No, it's fine. Don't worry about it, John. John, John will be all right. Don't worry about it. And by the way, I, they talked to this guy uh, after the first time. He's a fucking registered Republican. Like he's not a, he's not a left. He just genuinely wants fucking help from somebody. And, you know, that guy's a fucking lifetime Bernie supporter. That guy's a lifetime, yeah. you know, uh, left, you know, actual left wing candidate uh, Medicare for all supporter now because and, and these Bernie people actually had the compassion to talk to him like a fucking person. Like, exactly. You know. And these people are not politically savvy. So when people say, oh, a bunch of red state low information, Trump voter, Republican, whatever. It's like, but they've been lied to their whole fucking lives by Democrats and Republicans. And, and condescended to by people that say shit like that. Most of their politics are just, are determined by their friends, you know, who they really, you know, are going to, are going to vote for. You know, I remember in 2016, I was dating somebody lived way out in the fucking country in the cornfields. And I would go to these like barn parties and shit and talk to people and, they're like, oh, we, we, you know, we we all hate, uh, you know, far leftists like Hillary Clinton, but we love, you know, <laughs> middle of the middle of the road independents like Bernie Sanders. And I was just like, <laughs> like, where do I even begin? And it's like, I have nothing to say because they already like these labels don't mean shit to me or them. We just have a very vastly different understanding of them. But like they still understand that like Hillary fucking sucks and Bernie's fucking good. Right. And that that's going to cross over. And of course, that's the thing that fucking terrifies people like Neera Tandem and, uh, you know, formerly Peter Dow and other people like that is they know that Bernie's going to draw a lot of uh, independent and uh, right leaning voters uh, while not catering all to right wing donors. Right. And that's the thing that they want it's, their Democrats to do and they don't want Bernie to do. It's almost like when all these shit lib centrists say that people don't actually focus on policy, they're totally lying because they know that that's literally all anybody focuses on. <laughs> and they're terrified that their candidates don't support any policies. It's, it's almost like a projection, you know, yeah. one would think if I was conspiratorial uh, that that's the case. But you know. they're really, really smart people who pretend is that you just go look at how many tweets that uh, Nate Silver has that started out with. I notice it's really weird that, and then, you know, goes on and says mm-hmm. something that's like so overly simplistic that everyone understands completely fucking well that he pretends not to get as though it's some, oh, well, this this weird anomaly, how everyone seems to like this person that wants to care for them. My numbers don't support that data at all. Like, it's just like he pretends like it's some fucking mystery that has eluded him for, you know, or just even recently. He's like, it's so weird how people use the word neoliberal. Like, what does it even mean? And like, well, uh, Three years ago, you used the word all the time and you knew what it meant. So what the fuck happened to you? Are you Benjamin Button? Is your brain going backwards in time, Nate Silver? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's going backwards in time like his fucking hairline. Um, <laughs> he's hoping if he if he gets dumber that his hair will grow back because he's such a fucking nerd. He's like, maybe if I don't act so smart all the time, I'll get some more fucking hair growth. But I think Biden has him blackmailed. He's like, look, look, Nate, I'll put you in touch with my hair plugs guy. If you just you just tow my line for the next year and a half, I'll uh, I'll get you my hair plugs guy. <laughs> his hair plugs guy, the guy that fucking did the 
the just don't take his teeth guy. The... Don't, don't 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 put him in touch with the teeth guy. That that okay. those things are fucking terrifying. Poltergeist two guy knocking <laughs> on the door. Ugh. Ugh, I can't unsee that. But yeah, yeah. So um, you know, but no, I mean, and and I think the message from that is, you know, uh, as much as shit like this sucks with Corbin tonight, um, there 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 are victories in our in our future, in our near future. Like honestly, the first voting starts in a couple months, so. Uh, you know, take would take this loss in the chin and then regroup because we're gonna fucking win. We're gonna win this whole motherfucking thing. Every movement that is built is a win. Yeah, I I saw someone the other day that was like, "Well, I don't care about shifting the Overton window. I care about having real electoral victories." And I was like, "Okay, yeah. I mean, like, we shouldn't just be like, hey, we shifted the Overton window and the debates. Other shitty people talked about issues that matter, even though they didn't really care." They just knew they had to talk about it because Bernie fucking shifted the window. Like that in and of itself is not a victory, right? And we shouldn't applaud that, right? Uh, the, the real victory, whether you win on election day or not, is the organizing you did along the way. And I don't mean like I'm like a fucking corny uh, Lord of the Rings way. I mean every organizational meeting you have leads to more, leads to meeting new people, leads to making new connections leads to uh strengthening those connections and yeah there's infighting people splinter and that happens too uh but you get better at it you get better at figuring out who you can trust and who you can't right and and you keep doing that long enough and hard enough and it's not going to happen in four years or eight years it's going to take 20 fucking years people have been i've met people who are in their 80s and 90s that have single payer now buttons buttons that say single payer now from the 1920s and 30s they still own them Right. So this shit did not fucking start when Bernie Sanders ran for president. Right. We've been doing this shit for a long fucking time. I've been doing this shit for 20, 22 years or so. Uh, Bernie's been doing it for 40 years. And before that, you know, before he was in politics, he was he was, you know, making campaign videos for other people out of the back of his fucking station wagon while he was a carpenter at the same time. Right. Like. Doing Eugene shit is, documentaries with like a fucking, yeah, you know, with a fucking like VHS editing <laughs> machine, which didn't even exist in, in my life or anyone's yeah. life. Uh, so the, the idea that you're going to fucking fix this or, oh, I'm burned out. Like, oh, I just can't. I've been on Twitter too long. Fuck Twitter. Get off Twitter and go to a fucking meeting. Go to a meeting with people that are not on Twitter or just not on there during the meeting, at least. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like you, you gotta, you gotta take time to take care of yourself, but don't fucking put all your shit like oh we have to win this one election otherwise it's all like i get it we got 11 years left to save the world that's not even real either like it's already fucking done for we got to do other shit but don't think this isn't going to occupy the rest of your life if you care this much that you're getting worked up over it and you're getting exhausted uh after one fucking election in a country where you weren't even really following it that close till 48 hours ago like come on like get off the ledge fucking get what is it was it fucking tom waits line uh climb down off the cross we can use the wood right like (laughs) take a day off come back fucking chill out come back yeah do some more shit whether bernie sanders is elected president or not which i you know not gonna think he will be it's gonna be don't worry uh you know it's not about one fucking person that's a great figurehead to inspire people but that person doesn't have nearly as much power, whether in office or not office, as the millions of people that can fucking go to rallies and knock on doors and all that shit. Barry can't knock on every fucking door himself. He needs all of you people to go do that shit. He yeah. needs all of you and to text people. There is no one candidate that can do any of that on the road. 
Mike Bloomberg if you're spent a hundred million dollars. You think Mike Bloomberg spent a hundred million fucking dollars on TV ads already? He yeah, and all the other Democrats combined have spent fifteen million dollars on TV ads. He spent <laughs> I, I I know the the, the math. I'm not a math surgeon, but. Yeah, a preposterous amount more in, 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 you know, I mean, this is just the most preposterous case of somebody trying to buy a fucking election, probably in American history. Um, But I'm glad that his support's still hovering around two to three percent, which is, you know, uh, it's a good it's a good sign for our country that people are like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, whoever talked him into to blowing all that money down the toilet um, for one percent. I mean. Hats thank off you to them. for yeah. Thanks for thanks <laughs> for you know we're we're trying to siphon the riches wealth away and and you're actually doing the job for us by by having him. Fun. I yeah. mean he's funneling to other rich people unfortunately, but but you know at least he's funneling it away from himself. So it's a good start. It'd be amazing if like Means TV had somehow gotten to Mike Bloomberg pretending to <laughs> like doing like some kind of like yes man root yes man routine. Yeah, in, right. In Bloomberg, they're like some you know K Street uh media consulting firm whatever and like they just they shot like hundreds of hours of footage and put all these ads together that like never aired but he spent half you know quarter of a billion dollars on it and they produced like one real ad for him and that's all he got out of it and he's like oh this is a great ad i'm glad i spent all the money and they just fucking took all that money and used it to actually make like you know, like leftist fucking propaganda and put all out there. They should, because they actually, they were the ones behind the, that like awesome AOC video. That's how they got started. So they actually could yeah. say, oh, no, look, look at our success. Uh, we could, we could totally, but <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, fuck him. And uh, by the way, somebody, uh, somebody posted one of his job listings, his, um, he's paying his field organizers six grand a week, which is great. Uh, and, and and the person was like, uh, every leftist uh, with with field organizing experience is obligated to take this job and to torpedo his campaign. <laughs> and every uh, l- other leftist is obligated to fake one of fake references for those people so they can get the job in the first oh, place. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, go do that if you if you have any experience. Um, you know, definitely. And if you're bummed about tonight. You know, go go fucking volunteer to to phone bank or knock doors or donate to burn. You know, whatever however you think you can help, because you know it, there's no use in in being upset. Like, let's just fucking move forward and win this fucking thing. So we're this is the closest any leftist in modern American history has been uh, to actually winning the presidency, and this is a really fucking rare opportunity that we have uh, right now. And Iowa is less than two months away. February 3rd, Iowa caucuses and early voting starts in California on February 3rd. So just to give you an idea of how close that is, uh, you could you could walk to Iowa in more time than it would take for just the election to happen in the amount of days that are left. So, yeah, it's really it's really close. So (laughs) (laughs) that confused me, but I'll but I'll go with it. I'll go with it. No, like, well, okay. It's in the middle of the country, right? So no matter where you are in the country, assuming you live like in a real city, <laughs> not in like in the middle of the country, however long it takes you to walk to Iowa is would take more time than the time we have between now and when that election is. So Yeah. So if you forest gump it across the country to get to Iowa right, for the caucuses, you right. won't make You'll it be tonight. late. You'll be late. Yeah. That's how close it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the shit with Corbin sucks, obviously. Um the lies, the, the slander, the, the fake accusations of anti-Semitism, which are bar none the worst kind of anti-Semitism, are fake accusations of anti-Semitism. Yeah, because it devalues but, real anti-Semitism. You know, he, Corbyn still has power as the you know the minority party figurehead 
right? Or the head yeah. of the Labor Party. And they're gonna try to overthrow him, the the Blair right. but but right. he'll do that's, that's he'll the hang shitty on. part. Like as long as he still is the head of the party, that's good. It's just that like this is the kind of thing that they usually force someone out of power uh for the minority party or the the opposition party, which the labor is still now. Um Whereas in the U.S., it's like, oh, you're the, you're the head of the party that's always losing. Hats off to you forever, Nancy Pelosi. We'll never get rid of you. Like, I, it <laughs> doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. He, he, he lose like by by like a hundred by like fifty seats, and they're like, all, all right, well, you're done now. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi loses a thousand fucking seats in a decade, and they're like, oh no, yeah, sure, let's let's make her speaker oh, again. She, so so this week, um, Greta, th- uh, what's her fucking name? Thunberg. Last- Thunberg, yeah. Uh, Italian person of the year. She got it right. Hats off yeah. to her. Uh, lots of other climate activists, but she's the one that gets a lot of attention. Uh, she fucking hates politicians. I love that she had this quote this week saying, "Like I try to avoid photo ops of politicians because they just want to take selfies. They don't want to fucking do anything, and I don't like <laughs> them." And she's, <laughs> I, I, I love that That's she's that open about it. Uh, and of course, the fact that she won it. Not that I love Time Magazine, not that any of us love Time Magazine. It broke liberal brains and right-wing brains alike, uh, where the right-wingers were like, that's, we hate her. And there there was all, like, anytime you see right-wingers, like real fucking right-wingers, mock this 16-year-old girl, it's always in a sexual context, right? Like, there was some Mm -hmm. meme going around of like, oh, well, the way to, like, make her get rid of her being angry about climate change is to grab her by the braids and rape her. Like that, that was like an actual illustration going around on, on right wing Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Horrifying, fucking horrifying. Um, slightly less horrifying was, was people, liberals, uh, centrist shit libs saying, well, she didn't deserve it. What has she ever done? Nancy Pelosi is the one who really deserves that honor. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking peak Are these serious people? Yeah, they were serious people. Nancy Pelosi, who condescended AOC by calling the Green New Deal the, quote, Green New Dream or whatever, end quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, she's definitely the climate activist of our time. He had, Trump actually tweeted uh, at, at uh, quote tweeted, like, the time thing. It was like, oh, well, what an angry young woman needs to go watch some movies with her friends or something. Like, totally apropos of not, like, he's so fucking, he's such a fucking boomer. Like, it's so unreal how much of a fucking, like, just douchey like it was just such it reminded me so much of like shit that i've heard from you know like boomer relatives who were like oh you know very fresh like he called i think he called her fresh or something i was like oh my god this is is too real um yeah but uh he's a fucking psycho yeah somebody found a photo I, i or a video of somebody who looks just like her firing like a fucking m50 with a scope yeah, on it do you see that i thought it was her it looked it genuinely looked like her oh i did i, I mean the nails kind of gave it away i was like she didn't have fucking long ass pink nails like that but like that you could only see like her eyes uh and her hair was kind of pulled back in a similar way and i was like that'd be so fucking sweet like for 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 our, our listeners that are uh you know militant leftists that uh subscribe to you know firearms as being the uh, you know, the, the, uh, Marxist edge of, of revolution. Uh, I not quite, I don't, I just don't like guns. So like, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't either. I a gun, but I'm not going to begrudge somebody who is going to be a lawful firearms owner, uh, for the sake of, you know, uh, defending the proletariat from the owner class. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, don't lose hope. Uh, you know, it seems bleak, but but we'll get through it and we're going to fucking win. Those memes uh, you see out there that say, you know, uh, Jimmy Corbin or Bernie Sanders, you're our only hope, the Star Wars meme or whatever. That's not true. The hope is us. It's all of us. It's all of us working together. Yeah. No, it's true. I still think we're going to win with Bernie. But but not, but again, again, if we don't, we're going to fucking fight on. But I, we need we do need a win. Like, we, we, we eventually need to start winning a light. Like, if we actually want to move the country in the direction we want to, we sure. need to start putting people in all these seats. So And, and I really think this is our, be- our best shot that we have uh, for a while. You know, <laughs> absolutely, it, absolutely. But so here's the let's, thing, let's people. Make it fucking here's the count. thing. Here's the thing. If if they fucking cheat us again, and they're gonna try to, but if they cheat and succeed, we have to fucking riot. We can't just be like, oh, we climbed a fence and then we got back down again at the DNC convention. Like, no, we gotta we gotta fucking level the fence, smash all the windows, every fucking bank within miles, every fucking Starbucks is gonna get a Molotov. Shit will fucking burn. <laughs> Make that promise with me, America. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it was your like uh, stump speech. Yeah, no, for sure though. We we do. And and yeah. It needs to be it needs to be like a tragic tragic story on the news at the end. Like if if they fucking fuck them over at the convention again. It can't just be a CVS. It's gotta be you know, like LA ninety two. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Ah, shit. All right, well. I think that about does it for us this week. Uh, but, you know, check out all of our other shows. Uh, I'm sure you know them. Uh, but but we're, we're covering Watchmen right now. Uh, we just did last week's episode, which was fucking unbelievable and mind-blowing um, and confusing. Uh, but uh, so check that out. So, uh, what's left of the Watchmen? Same feeds that you hear this in. Uh, we'll be covering the finale on Monday. Uh, can't fucking wait for that shit. Uh, we've been covering Mandalorian week to week also. That's uh, Bounty Hunters Guild. That's in the same feed as well. Um, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that helps the show out, helps us get uh, listened to more, helps us move up in the algorithm. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots. Um, Patreon, if you want to support the show, is uh, patreon.com slash move left. Tinyurl.com slash move left merch if you want to pick up any merch. Uh, I am at move underscore left on Twitter. Uh, sorry, I just got a text from somebody. I am also uh, at move. I forgot where we are. I'm on Twitter as well at uh, Smut Collector with an ER, not an OR. Thank you. Yeah. We'll see you next week.